0: Greetings to each one. It's a pleasure to be here this morning to worship with you. In a sense, I feel like, yes, I'm a visitor. In a sense, I recognize a lot of your faces. Uh, so, <clears throat> before we begin, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do come to you. At this part of the service, pray that you would uh, open up your word to our hearts. Thank you for what has been shared already, and I just pray that this could be a continuation of what we have been hearing. Lord, I pray that you would flow through me as a channel, and Lord, may you receive all the honor and the glory. Pray that your word would take root in our hearts and bring forth fruit in our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I would like to share a message. Uh, It is a big subject. Um, I have taken the opportunity to preach two messages at Harmony on this subject, and I took those two and did a little bit of combining. and uh, This is going to sound a little different in case my family might say, oh, again. But it's going to be somewhat different. I was blessed with the children's class. Um, I think we got a picture of uh, something that we're going to talk about. Um, subject is holiness. Uh, and for a title, I would like to have The beauty of holiness. The beauty of holiness. Just to get us thinking a little bit, what do we think about when we think about holiness? What is holiness? I'd like to have a little response from you. What is holiness? Purity? Purity? Sinlessness. Sinlessness? Living in God's will? Okay? Any others? Well, in a very simple form is the word "clean. Uh, Jason got up here and he was marking on the egg, and it got defiled, it got dirty. And then he peeled the skin off, the peel off, and it was clean. Then the egg was holy again. First Peter, first Peter uh, one is the place where we have a verse that says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, that uh, comes as a, actually as a command. It doesn't say, uh, doesn't leave much room for not being holy. It says, be ye holy. And the challenge for me, when I look at that verse, is we are to be holy as he is holy. For I am holy, it says in verse 16, verse 15 says, As he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy. So that that sounds like a pretty tall order for us. What I'd like to do this morning is to look at some things in the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament gives pictures uh, that we can see in the physical, and we can apply in the spiritual. So we'd like to look at Old Testament pictures of holiness and then some New Testament realities of holiness. Now, there is somewhat of a difference, but yet the Old Testament does give those pictures And we can carry it into the new. We get into the New Testament. You look at the definitions of the words. There's a lot of similarity, but there's something happens in the New Covenant that wasn't there in the Old. In the Old Testament, we'd like to look at the definitions of the word holy. Look at some the definitions. Some other words that are also used. Instead of or from the same root word, same, uh, actually there's three words that most, most of the words in the Old Testament come from three different, uh, words, all of the same root. And it's interesting, one's a noun, another one a verb, and another one an adjective. So we have the, the basic one, the root of all three of them is the verb. The verb is that process or the state that we are in. The noun is the product. And the adjective describes, say, you have a holy people. That's the adjective. Now, what all definitions? These, these are all very similar. <clears throat> but the very root is clean. To be clean is the word holy. To make, pronounce, or observe as clean. We can either go through that process to make it clean. We can look at something and pronounce it clean. We can observe it and notice that it is clean without that magic marker, without that sin stain on it. <coughs> I'd like to think about some other words that this word holy um, is interchangeable with the word hallowed. Something that's hallowed is holy. Something that is set apart as uh, set apart. Sanctuary. Sanctuary is another word uh, very from this same root. A place that is set apart. Uh, the sanctuary. We moved into the sanctuary when we have our church service, right? Uh, we think about a sanctuary. Uh, the tabernacle was a sanctuary. The we think about uh, a wildlife reserve being a sanctuary, a place that's set apart, a place that is, okay, let's think of the word clean. Um, it's, it has a single purpose. It, it don't have a lot of other purposes. So it's clean. Um, dedicated, set apart for special use. It's clean of other uses. It has one use. To sanctify, to clean up, to set apart, to get rid of that ugly shell. Now, thinking about the Old Testament pictures, maybe, here again, I'd like you to think with me a little bit. Let's go back, think in our minds of, let's go back to the beginning Uh, What are some things you can think of that were set apart as something special, right? Let's go to the garden. What was something set apart? Maybe you didn't think of this one. Maybe I should give you this one. God made Adam and Eve set them in the garden and he said there's something in here that's going to be different than all the rest. Now what was different? I see some heads shaking. There were two things different. Go ahead. What? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Those two trees were special trees. They were different from the rest. Uh, they were Separated, and um, God told them not to partake of them, right? Not to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why don't we turn, let's turn to Genesis. Genesis 2, there's another one there. But I like the picture of that tree, those trees being different. Genesis 2, there's something else that was special. Let's begin in chapter 2 and the first several verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all the work which God created and made. The Sabbath as a picture. He sanctified it. He set it apart. You get the picture of clean again. This day was set apart from all the rest of the week. And I think it's good if we think about the Lord's day. And we have a day that's set apart. And it's good to think about it. Let's keep it as clean as we can from the rest of the week. I'm thinking of a man in Genesis, not too far. Um, Not thinking of Noah, but God looked down and he picked a man. And set him apart. Who who am I thinking of? I guess it could be more than one, but Enoch. 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 Okay, it's not the one I was thinking of. Abraham. He said, "I know him that he will uh, command his children and his household after him." But he picked him out. He was special. He was um, one that. God chose. And from him came a group of people, which was the Israelites, right? Now, think about the Israelites. They were a chosen people, right? A chosen people. A people that was handpicked by God. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 7 for a verse to read on that one. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6 is the verse that we're looking at. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now, the Israelites were chosen out of all the nations that were there at that time. Uh, Verse 1 says, The Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven other nations, But God chose Israel to be special. Now, let's read a little further here. Verse 2, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them, thy daughter, Thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord, The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself and above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And then the next verse says, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you And because he would keep the oath that he had sworn to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I think we're going to stop reading there. But here again, it's another picture of a holy people. A people that were picked by God And as we think of holy, let's think of that clean, the word clean again. Now we have the Israelites. Out of the Israelites, who did God pick for a special people? The Levites. The tribe of Levi was set apart. Why was, okay, what, for what purpose were the, is the Levites chosen? They were to serve God. That's another picture. He, they were chosen by God as a special separate people. And uh, then to serve, they were consecrated to serve in the priest's office okay we have the levites out of the levites who was chosen who was consecrated Aaron Aaron and his sons were were to be the priests and if you follow through with that there's uh You look into, I think it's Leviticus and Numbers, some of those places there. They they had special garments. The priests wore special garments. They were holy garments. Um, Their garments were special. Everybody knew a priest when they looked at him. They made an, an anointing oil that was just for anointing a priest. And they were warned if anybody copied that, there was going to be judgment on that person. It was a special ointment, same thing with the perfume. If they would match it or duplicate it, that person would uh, receive judgment. Think of the tabernacle, the tabernacle was a tent, right? But it was a special tent. It was one tent set apart for the worship of God. In that tabernacle was a holy place. Holy. And a most holy place. The beginning to get a picture. These are all pictures of holiness being set apart, being clean. So the question is uh, let's turn to Leviticus. There's uh question I'd like to ask was Israel did Israel live up to God's expectations of holiness? Leviticus 20. <clears throat> Leviticus 20 and verse 22. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them that the land whither I bring you to well, therein; in. Spew you not out. <clears throat> and you shall not walk in the manner of the nation, which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. <coughs> I am the Lord your God, <coughs> Excuse me. which have separated you from other people. I have separated you from other people. Ye shall therefore put difference <coughs> between clean beasts and unclean, and between unclean fowl and clean. And ye shall not make your souls abominable by beast or by fowl or by any manner of living thing that which creepeth on the ground which I have separated from you as unclean. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. Now that was God's heart. He wanted them to be holy unto him. They were separated from other people. God reached down and took them He wanted them to not turn to other ways. He didn't want them to follow the heathen around them. And he said here, it's okay. Put a difference. Make a difference. Um, Sometimes, I guess, It's a challenge for us to know when to make a difference. (laughs) But here it says, you shall put a difference between clean and unclean, and so on. I have separated you as I am holy, as I am wanting you to be holy, so be ye holy. Now, Ezekiel 22, I did ask the question, did Israel... Live up to God's expectations. I think we know the answer. Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22 and verse 26. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they shewed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. So, what can we gather from this verse? I'm I'm seeing something here. Because of what the priest did, put a mark on God's name. Right? Is that what it says? They have not showed a difference between unclean and clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbath and I am profaned. In other words, they they had their black magic marker. God was the holy one and they put black magic marker on God's name. That is the reason why Israel had to go into captivity for 70 years. They were not being the holy people that he wanted them to be they were not making a difference in their lives <clears throat> so that was the Israelites now let's make it a little more practical what about us what does God say he in Peter he it was a quote of these verses back in Leviticus, wherever it was, we read, Be ye holy as I am holy. Now, one of the questions I'd like us to think about okay, it says, As he is holy, for I am holy. God is speaking. Now, have you ever wondered in what way is God holy? Thinking about these things we looked at in the Old Testament. How is God holy? I mean, maybe it's a simple question, but let's think about it a little bit. In what way is God holy? Maybe you have some things that come to your mind. Back to the very basic definition clean. God is clean, right? He's holy. Think of some others. Is there any other way you would think of that God is holy? Earl. He he's separated from all that is defiled. Right. Separated from anything that is defiled. Right. Let's think about his dwelling place. Is there anything in heaven that is less than holy. Anything. Nothing. Right? Um, what does it say about God is light? And in him is no darkness at all. Holiness. When we think about God's God, we, and we say his name, Is there anything that would put a smear on his name? We think about God and his character. He is holy. His name is holy. Hallowed be thy name. That's another word. Same same as holy. So God says we are to be holy as he is. Second Chronicles. Let's turn to one here. I, I was blessed looking at Jehoshaphat. What did Jehoshaphat do when they were confronted with the, a number of other nations coming against them? Who remembers what Jehoshaphat did? Second Chronicles twenty. Children of Moab came against the children of Israel, children of Ammon, and someone called came and told Jehoshaphat and he he was afraid. He feared and set himself in verse 3 to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. And I guess we know the rest of the story. They decided to go forth with singing. And the thought that I found here was very interesting. Um, Verse 15 says, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Uh, Verse 17 says, Stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, The Lord will be with you. And verse 18 says Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord worshipping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and the children of Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Now, where is the verse I'm looking for? Let's keep reading. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they sent forth, as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. That struck me as I was studying. That they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now, the interesting thing about this verse here is that He appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness. That's our title this morning. That's probably where, where I got the title. But there's other verses that say, well, we are to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. This one says they praised the beauty of holiness. It doesn't say they were in the beauty of holiness. What were they, who were they praising? They were praising God, right? They were praising the beauty of holiness, which is God. So God is the essence of that beauty of holiness. Okay. But the challenge to us is, be ye holy as I am holy. Now we're coming to the New Testament and us. Be ye holy. Most of the words that are translated as holy in the New Testament are the same word. There's a few uh, you get to the word holiness, there's a few other definitions. But the word holy means awful. Awful. An awful thing. And then it says clean. So, clean once again. An awful thing. How important is it for us to be holy? God says, be ye holy. It is a it is a command, right? Okay, here's another thing. The same word holy in the New Testament has the word saints. Same word. I don't know if you realize that or not, but We are called to be saints. We are called to be holy. Peter, 2 Peter 3, talks about judgment of God. Seeing these things, what manner of persons he ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Now, the word Let's back up. I'd like to ask the question. How can I be holy as God is holy? How can I attain to this holiness? God does call us to holiness and we're called to be saints. Something happens within us when we become Christians. Christians. What is it that comes and dwells in our hearts? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit. Okay? Isn't that interesting? God's Holy Spirit dwells within us. To live within us. To live it out. Right? The definition of holiness, there's several verses. I don't know if I have... There's a few I don't know that I directly connected. But the definition of holiness in the New Testament uh, also includes that we are right by intrinsic or divine character. In other words, there's a change in our hearts. In the Old Testament, you could put on holiness, so to speak. In the new, New Dispensation, we have God's Spirit living within us we have something changes inside of us that we are able to live out that holiness. We have Jesus as a high priest. In Hebrews it talks about Jesus being that high priest. Second Corinthians 7.1 I think we're going to turn to that one. There's... 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Okay. um, That's interesting. Let's look back into chapter 6. We're talking about holiness. Let's begin at verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Does the clean and the unclean mix? What fellowship do they have? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, and God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness. The point I'd like to make here is, yes, God moves in. We have a strength inside that we didn't have before. But I also notice that that word is a continuing, perfecting. It's something that is not finished at one time. So, as we live our lives, God has ways of Bringing those things to our attention that need to be cleansed. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And you see the posture? In the fear of God. Not going our own ways, but looking up into His face, saying, Yes, what is it, Lord? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to change? Affecting holiness in the fear of God. Just a note here. I think holiness should affect us in all three parts of our being. Spirit, soul, and body. Can we hide it if we're holy? Can we hide it if we're not? Maybe sometimes for a short time. But think about it. Somebody that is, has a clear countenance. You look at a person, say, clear. Could we say, clean? Could we say, holy? Could we say, saint? I think they would all fit. Romans 12. We want to do more than put on, conform to something, to this world. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove. What does that word prove mean? It means to check it out, right? That we may prove What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? That perfect will of God is holiness. Isn't it? Next question. How do I decide if what I am doing, what I am about to do or purchase or... You fill in the blank. How do I know if This is something that is holy or not. Romans 12.2 says here that we may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect. That's what we want. We want to live our lives in such a way that God looks down and says, well done. Accepted. How would I decide? I think it's good to ask the question what would Jesus do if he were here, living here and in my shoes? What would Jesus do? Another thing I had to think about was what would this look like in heaven? Would it fit? Ephesians 5 says, and a number of other places says, As becometh saints. What what would be fitting for saints to do? Take what you will, but think about whatever, okay, the music that I'm listening to. What would Jesus be doing if he was listening to this music? Would he, would he listen to this music? Would it be in heaven or not? <clears throat> Let's think about some of these things that we have coming our way. And we, we need to make a decision. What are we going to do? Um, technology. Where does it fit? What about the way we look? What about our dress? Even the way that we walk or carry ourselves gives a message. What is fitting? Reading material. What are we reading? Is it something that's got those black magic marker marks on it? Or is it clean? Is it clean or not? Let's turn back to 1 Peter. We started in 1 Peter with that challenge for us to be holy as God is holy. And thinking about how we carry it out. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Let's look back to verse 14 and look at the word fashioning yourselves. What are we copying after? Are we copying after people or things about us? Are we thinking about copying after God, after Christ? And I think that's what he's saying here. Not fashioning yourselves according to the, your former lust, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy. In other words, as God is, so you should be. Let's fashion ourselves after God, not after whatever. Those things around us, those things that we came from, let's be fashioned after him. Jesus Christ should be our example. <clears throat> let's look over yet very familiar verses in chapter 2. But after we've thought about holiness, let's look at chapter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, chosen, picked out, purchased, a royal priesthood. Oh, priesthood. Think about what the priests, how they were separate. An holy nation. You are a nation that is different from the rest. A peculiar people. For what purpose? That ye may shew forth the praises or the virtues of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Darkness and light. Which in time past were not a people. You were just one of those many. But now you are a people. God has chosen you. You're a holy people. Picked out. Out of darkness into light. Out of your past ways into his ways. which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And now here's some direction for us. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil of you, speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, glorify which they shall behold glorify god in the day of visitation people notice us what do they see i guess that's a question what do they see do they see somebody as god is holy so he is holy and i'd like to think about that phrase once again The beauty of holiness. Beauty of holiness. Holiness is beautiful. Let's not be ashamed of it. That clean egg was much more attractive than the marked up one. So, what do they see? Do they see a person showing forth the virtues of Christ? this world the beauty of holiness may the Lord bless each one of you as we take this message message to heart let's pray for each other and have a heart that is turned toward God be ye holy for I am holy and it is beautiful